every great adventure has a beginning. How does your story begin? Welcome back to Mastering the Dungeon, the best place to learn how to run Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. On this show, we go over everything you need to know to play D&D without boring you to tears with the rules. My name is Nico, and today we'll be talking about Session Zero. We'll talk about what a Session Zero is, why you should run one, what you need to run one, and everything your Session Zero should accomplish. Before we get started, I would like to give a bit of a disclaimer. I'll be giving advice and tips about things that I think are helpful. The rules that you choose to use or ignore are entirely up to you. For the most part, I run D&D as it is written in the official books, but change rules to make the game more fun for my players. Your players are going to be different, so your game is going to be different, and that's the whole point of D&D. Every game is unique. With that out of the way, let's get started. Session Zero is the first time you and your friends will gather before starting a campaign. At this point, characters aren't made, and details on the game campaign are still being figured out. I think of it as the time that the DM proposes ideas to players to figure out what kind of game they want to play. Then everyone makes characters together. If this is your first time running a game, you probably have no idea what kinds of games there are to play, and that's okay. You can figure it out as you play. Session Zero isn't entirely necessary, but it might be a good idea to do if you are considering making a campaign that your players will play for more than a couple of sessions. Okay, okay, cut to the chase. What do I need to prepare to run a Session Zero? Before Session Zero is the time for the DM to get inspired. Think about what fantasy books, TV shows, games and movies are interesting to you and why you enjoy them. One of the things I recommended in the last episode was to get either the player's handbook or the basic rules, which you can find online for free. I recommend skimming through the rules, just to see what kind of things you'll be learning. Of course, reading it from cover to cover will be helpful, but it's a lot of reading, and it's not going to all stick. Throughout this series, we will break down what is helpful from the player's handbook and other books, so, for now, just read through the parts that seem most interesting to you. If you have never played D&D before and want to get a taste of how D&D is played, I recommend watching one of the many D&D shows that exist on the internet. The most popular is, of course, Critical Role. Critical Role is a D&D show run by the amazing DM and talented voice actor Matthew Mercer. All of his players are his friends, who are also voice actors. Their show really is something in its own league, but I don't recommend watching it if you're wondering what your campaign will be like. Comparing Critical Role to the average game of D&D is like comparing the World Cup Finals to a game of soccer you play with your friends. Your game will be entertaining, but it will not be Critical Role. which 
is the whole point of D&D. Your game is your game. I do recommend checking out Critical Role if you have the time. I recommend starting at Campaign 2, but there are a countless number of other D&D live shows available online. The first one I watched was Achievement Hunters, Heroes and Halfwits, which feels a lot closer to what the average home game feels like, but with a high quality set. There are plenty of other shows to take inspiration from, such as Dimension 20, High Rollers, and so many more. I recommend starting by setting your game up to run like a one-shot, or a story that can be completed in a single sitting. I like to start with a one-shot that can lead into a larger story if the players want to keep playing after the first game. One-shots are great for getting a feel for if that specific group will have fun together. And the nature of a one-shot allows for a satisfying conclusion. Set an objective for your players that is achievable in a single sitting, but end it in a way that allows players to continue on if they had fun. If you or any of the other players don't want to continue, don't take it personally. Not all groups will work out. We will fully plan out a one-shot in a future episode. But let's plan out the parts that you need for Session Zero. Before Session Zero, you only need to know the very beginning and the very end of your quest. You shouldn't plan out exactly what your party is going to do and how they can quote-unquote win. All you should do is figure out their goal and be able to describe it like a quest description in an MMORPG. I like to figure this out by starting with the end in mind. What is the goal of the characters for this first game? Is it saving a kidnapped child from being sacrificed in ritual to Maglubiet, the chief deity of goblin kind? Maybe your players must recover a legendary artifact from an Indiana Jones-like trap-filled temple on a cursed island. Or are they collecting everything they need to throw a raging party in defiance of an anti-partying lord? These are all goals I created for different campaign starting quests I've run in the past. Think of a goal for your players to accomplish by the end of the one-shot, and build off of it once your players have completed the quest if everyone wants to continue playing. Once you have an idea of what your players need to accomplish, I figure out where they are starting. There are many factors to consider in starting your game. Where are they physically starting? On a ship? In a tavern? In front of the temple? At a wedding? Why are they there? Did someone hire the players? Or are they just there by chance? Do your players know each other before the first session? Or are they meeting for the first time? Whatever the starting location and their reason for being there, I recommend adding some element that draws them together. Maybe they were hired by the local Adventurers Guild and were put together as a group for their first quest. Maybe they are longtime friends with no goal in mind, but are traveling around the world together. Having the players start in a tavern without knowing each other, but teaming up after a call to action is a stereotypical way to start your game. It's very reminiscent of the Prancing Pony 
in The Lord of the Rings with Aragorn. I think starting in a tavern can be great, but there are a few pitfalls to be aware of. The first is making sure your players have a buy-in. Most of the time, if you put the players in a tavern and have someone burst into the tavern and shout, Help! My caravan was robbed and my wife was taken hostage. Are there any brave souls out there that can aid me? Your players will understand. Ah, this is the adventure. It's time to play D&D. But some players like to play the mysterious stranger, sitting in the corner of the tavern with their hood up, waiting for the other players to beg them to join. While it is fun to play an edgy, mysterious character, the players should understand that if they don't answer the call to action, they are going to spend the rest of the night sitting in a tavern. I like to prevent this by setting up some connection ahead of time. Maybe the player characters were hired before the game started. The Lost Minds of Fandelver does this. The campaign starts with the players on their way to the next town after being hired by a dwarf. Usually, the players will join naturally, but it helps to add a reason for the players to be the ones on the quest and not a random NPC. Once you have the start and the objective figured out, you are basically ready for session zero. Like I mentioned before, you shouldn't be making your entire world right now. At this point, I usually just know the initial quest for the players, where they are starting, and their relationship with each other. After session zero is when I start fleshing things out. If you're a more experienced player or DM, or just enjoy world building, you can decide more facts about your world to give them some insight on the setting. Here are some questions that you can answer about the world to give you some ideas. How is magic perceived in your world? Is it so rare that the players are exceptions in the world? Or is it so common that not being able to do magic is seen as an oddity? How are the different races treated by people? In my current campaign, elves are seen as chaotic and wild creatures of nature that have decided to live without laws and structure and commit terrorist attacks on mankind when they push too far into their natural world. You don't have to plan something special for each race, but it can help with the world building to have some idea if certain races are more common than others, or if certain races are seen in a more negative or positive light than others. If you have no idea, then just read how D&D 5e describes the different races and play it like that. There are plenty of other things you can plan out ahead of time, but I find the players get much more invested in the world when you have them help you make the world. We'll get into that more in a later episode. Now that you have the basic idea of what your player's goal is for the session, where they are starting, and maybe some details about the world, you are ready for session zero. Get your players together to sit down for a couple of hours. Let them know that you will be giving them the prompt for the start of the game and then create characters together. Grab a pizza while you're at it. 
I recommend having a computer that you can use to show information to your players, or a copy of the player's handbook to use as a visual aid. If you don't have these things, you can just send links to your players' phones. Okay, so my friends are over. I have my things prepared. We have pizza. Now what? How do I run a session zero? What are the goals? Your goals for Session Zero are to set expectations for what the first adventure will entail. Make characters with your players. Get the wheels turning in your players' heads to find out what their expectations are. And schedule when and how often you and your players will play. Setting expectations is the first on the agenda. This is especially important for first-time players, who might be unsure of what they are getting themselves into. Explain to any new players the gist of how the game is going to be played, or send them one of the many available resources that explain the game, such as this show, Mastering the Dungeon. Then we set expectations on what the players will be doing in the first game. I do this by writing a vague and mysterious blurb that looks like the synopsis of a video game. My first Session Zero started with something like this. The four of you are aspiring adventurers, applying to the Adventurer's Guild. To be accepted, you are told that you must complete a quest. The four of you are sat at a table in the Adventurer's Guild in a town called Karth. You are told that you are to exterminate a growing goblin problem near a small lumber village called Oakston. Some say that in recent months the goblins have been acting strangely, making coordinated attacks more intelligently than previously. The most recent being an ambush on the local hunter, kidnapping his daughter in the process. Goblins are violent, but their morale is broken easily. Killing or capturing their leader should be enough to stop the goblins from harassing the town. The goblins have set up base somewhere in the forest, preparing a ritual to consecrate the land in the name of their deity. The last step, a human sacrifice. What is driving the goblins to act so aggressively? Can you track and eradicate the goblins before innocent blood is spilt? What will happen if the ritual is completed. So, what does this blurb accomplish? It gives the players a common motive. Access to the Adventurer's Guild for completing the quest. It tells the players where they are starting and where they are going. Starting in a town called Karth and heading to a village called Oakston. A goal is set in a language that is easy for the players to understand. Kill or capture the leader of the goblins. A sense of urgency is created. The hunter's daughter will be sacrificed if we don't hurry. And it creates some questions. The goblin attacks seem more coordinated than usual. What can be the cause? Giving the players hints at what is to come gets the cogs going and can inspire them. If goblins are going to be the main theme of this adventure, maybe your characters will link their backstory to goblins. 
They might have a vendetta against this specific tribe of goblins because they killed someone close to them. Maybe the person captured is related to the players somehow. After this, I would explain any interesting points about your world you've already figured out and ask your players to ask questions. If you don't know the answer to the players' questions, you can make up an answer on the spot and take note of it to reference it later. Or tell them that you will figure it out before the first session and get back to them. If their question is irrelevant or too detailed, let them know that you'll get to it eventually. If your game will take place entirely in a city, let them know. If the game will involve traversing the woods or a desert or a swamp, let them know. If the game revolves around undead or some other type of monster, let the players know. Then, after that, take this time to ask your players what kind of gameplay seems appealing to them, so you can adjust later. Some players live for combat and only care about fighting. Some players want to roleplay their character and talk to NPCs. Some players want to solve a mystery, maneuver through traps or solve riddles. All players find a different balance of enjoyment out of different parts of the game, so it's good to have some understanding of what your players enjoy. At this point, I usually inform the players of any house rules or homebrewing I plan on implementing into the game and gauge their responses. If it's your first time playing, then don't worry about this for now. There are a ton of rules in D&D that you can choose to use, change, or flat-out ignore. If you have anything in mind, mention it to your players and see if it's something they're excited to try. Some personal examples are that for the most part, I ignore the rules on ammunition, carrying capacity, and rations. I tell my players that they can keep track if they want to, but I won't worry about it unless it's obvious that the players are trying to do something ridiculous. For ammunition, I usually ask my players who use a lot of arrows or crossbow bolts to spend a couple silver refilling their stock. I only have them really pay close attention if they get something special, like a magical exploding arrow. For carrying capacity, I don't make my players count out the weight of everything unless it's a plot point. In my recent game, the players were sent to retrieve ingots lost in a collapsed mine. They found close to 100 ingots, weighing 25 pounds apiece. The players figuring out a way to carry it was part of the challenge. When players get back to town, I usually ask if there is anything they want to leave behind or sell so they don't carry 100 different weapons on their person. I treat rations in a similar way to ammunition and carrying capacity. I have the players pay some money when they are stocking up before leaving town, but I don't keep track of every meal they eat, unless they're in a survival scenario where food is a precious resource. Remember, the rules can and should be changed to make the game more fun and engaging for your players. We will talk more about house rules and homebrewing to make your game more fun for your players later. But for now, let's continue. 
Once expectations are set, it's time for the players to create characters. For Session Zero, I recommend printing off at least one set of character sheets for each player with a couple of extras just in case. You can download a printable PDF from the Wizards of the Coast website. I also recommend bringing pencils and erasers to fill out your sheet. To make characters in Session Zero, you need a computer, or at least one copy of the player's handbook or the free rules PDF if you're limiting what your players can play. You will also need at least one six-sided die, but ideally at least four, if you're going to roll for stats. Making characters is a long process and is confusing the first time you do it, but it can be one of the most exciting parts of D&D. I love creating new characters and dreaming up how they'll be played. For an in-depth walkthrough on how to make a character, listen to the next two episodes of Mastering the Dungeon, where I will explain everything you need to know about the character sheet and give a rough overview of the classes and races. Then I will go step by step and make a party. During session zero, there are a few things you and your players might take into consideration. A very common discussion is party composition. Players, especially those from a video game background, tend to try and optimize their party composition by choosing different classes. Different classes are good at different things after all, so it makes sense to want to make a well-rounded party. But in D&D, it isn't necessary. While I think it is fun to diversify the party's classes, it's not necessary to assign roles. You don't need a designated tank, healer, and DPS. First, D&D doesn't follow the MMORPG role system, and most classes in D&D are capable of filling the multiple roles that do exist. In an MMORPG, you need a designated healer to run a dungeon. In D&D, you can make a character that only heals, but healing is often not a one-person job in D&D. Most classes have some form of healing, and in cases where there isn't a healer in the party, players can purchase healing items or rest more frequently. There is also no such thing as a tank. Threat is not a mechanic in D&D. I mean, you could try to piss off your DM so he targets you, but that probably won't end well for you. Fights in D&D generally follow logic depending on how intelligent the monster is. Non-beast characters are generally smart enough to know that Big man in armor no die easy, and old man in cloth go squish when smashed. There are tanky characters with their high health and or high armor class, but there aren't many ways to force something to attack you. As for damage, every character in D&D can deal damage. In reality, any party composition can and should work, even a party with all of the same class characters, but it might not be very fun to play. It's the DM's job to recognize what the party might be lacking and help them make up for it. If the party doesn't have anyone that can heal, the DM has to make some changes. 
you can allow opportunities for your party to rest and heal between fights, or you can let them find items that can heal, like healing potions. If the party is full of people that die quickly, the DM should adjust. Maybe instead of a single super strong monster that can one-hit kill any of the players, have multiple weaker enemies. It's the DM's job to be creative. There is no such thing as a bad party comp, but I do think it is more fun to choose different classes, or at the very least, different subclasses. Subclasses are a type of specialization within your class. Usually, they focus on one aspect of the class or add a certain flair to the class. The level that characters choose their subclasses depends on their class. Sorcerers, clerics and warlocks pick their subclass at level 1. Druids and wizards choose their subclasses at level 2. Artificers, barbarians, bards, fighters, monks, paladins and rogues all choose their subclass at level 3. Even if your players are starting at level 1, I recommend having your players read through the subclass options and plan out what they're going to choose. This can help with the character creation process. For example, the Barbarian chooses their subclass at level 3, but to be a Totem Warrior Barbarian and to be a Berserker Barbarian will probably be roleplayed differently even from level 1. I would play my totem barbarian as if he were on a spirit quest to unlock his totem and connect with nature. And I would play a berserker barbarian more battle-crazed and maybe have anger issues. Have your players look through the subclasses and if multiple players want to play the same class, encourage choosing different subclasses so no two characters are played exactly the same. It's not very fun when players step on each other's toes. Once everyone's characters are created, ask them to think about their characters more in-depth before the first session. Have them write a simple backstory and ask if they know each other or not. Make sure they send you copies of their character sheets and backstories for you to use later. Once the characters are made, it's good to prepare the players for the start of session one. The first few minutes of your first actual session can be awkward. Some players feel more comfortable throwing themselves out there and role-playing from the get-go, but most first-time players struggle with it. It can be embarrassing, especially if your players' characters don't know each other at the start of the game. It can make for a rough start. The three of you find yourselves at a tavern, with only a single table available. Servers are frantic as they bounce from table to table, taking orders. You sit down at the table and look around at each other. Can you please describe what the others see, Dan? They see, uh... <clears throat> I mean... You see an orcish-looking, uh, guy? <clears throat> I mean, he's not a full orc, but he has some uh, features like an orc. I guess he's uh, big. Uh, um, he's got an axe. He says, hello, uh, 
Uh, I say hello? No matter where your players start and whether or not they know each other, it's useful to start your first session by having the players describe what their character looks like, what they are visibly wearing and carrying, and any mannerisms they may have. An added bonus is privately pre-planning what the players want to be doing at the time. If they want to have a little interaction with the server, it can help ease them into role-playing if they pre-plan it. Let your players know that this interaction is coming during session zero so they can prepare for the first session. After that is all set, I recommend planning a play schedule. Many groups play every week for a couple of hours. Others play once a month for 10 hours at a time. Some groups can only get together once every few months or even once a year. Find out both how often your group can play and roughly how long your group can play every time. Making a schedule that fits for the whole group can be tough. I recommend finding a time and day that everyone can make time to play with as little rescheduling as possible. If the day and time is always the same, the players can more easily make time to play. If every session ends without knowing when everyone will play next, you can be sure that it will be difficult to gather the troops again. But no matter how well you and your group plans, sometimes life happens. And as you smash the door open, you see the Goblin King standing over the girl, fresh blood dripping from his dagger. And that is where we'll pick up next time. Oh, that was such a good session. When are you guys available next? Same time next week? Unfortunately, I, I can't DM next week. I have a dentist appointment. How about early next month? I'm going on vacation early next month. No matter how well you schedule, sometimes you and your friends will struggle with scheduling. You might have to reschedule or even run a session or two without a player. I think it's very important to figure out with your players at the start how often you'll all be playing and try to stick to the schedule to the best of your ability and under what conditions you reschedule. Don't forget to figure out where you're going to play too. You'll need a space big enough to fit everyone comfortably with a large table and seating. Once you've done all that, your session zero is complete and you are ready to play. Yeah, okay. Can you sum it up how to run a session zero in like six easy steps? Certainly. Today we learned about session zero. Session zero is the time the DM meets with the players to set expectations and the players make characters. Follow this checklist and your session zero will be awesome. One, prepare for your session zero. Print at least one set of character sheets per person and prepare pencils, erasers and six-sided dice. Also, prepare a copy of the rules in the form of the player's handbook, the free PDF or an internet connection and a computer. Two, plan out the start and end of the quest. Don't worry about making an entire world or figuring out exactly what the players will do from start to finish 
you just need to know the start and end. Then, write a little blurb that explains the conditions of their quest. 3. Hook your players. At the start of your session zero, read off the blurb you prepared about the first adventure. This is the hook that should get your players excited to make their characters. 4. Set expectations. Let your players know what style of play you want to run and find out what your players want to do. Now is also the time to warn them of any special rules you have mechanically or just in your campaign setting. If you have any first-time players, it's good to try and explain what D&D is like. It'll probably be easier to just tell them to listen to this show. 5. Make characters. Pass out the character sheets and make characters together. Some people want to keep their character a secret until the actual game, but the DM should know. For an in-depth guide, listen to the next episode. Remember to warn the players to prepare a description of their character. 6. Set up a play schedule. Know where you're going to play, how often, what days and what time you and your players can play. If everyone is unsure, at least schedule the first game and figure it out after that. Once you have completed those six steps, your session zero is complete. Oh, isn't that exciting? We're so close to actually playing. Next episode, we'll talk in depth about how to make characters. I hope you enjoyed the show. I've been Nico, and this has been Mastering the Dungeon. Until next time! <laughs>